Welcome to this episode of Wailing Borough, a local ghost story podcast, detailing some of the hauntings and scary stories of Wellingborough. We'll be exploring the history behind these hauntings and the buildings that host these stories. We are your hosts, Kirsten and Ross, members of the Wellingborough Young Producers at Waterstone Theatre. This episode, we are talking about Hatton Hall, one of the oldest buildings in Wellingborough with a long and fateful history. Now, sit back, listen, breathe, turn out the lights. Thank you. Vive ut vivas. That was the motto of the Vivian family, meaning live life to the fullest, and that is certainly what they did. They were once one of the most influential families in Wellingborough and one of the richest. In the 19th century, the parish of Wellingborough belonged to the Vivian family, having been bought by Lord John Vivian in 1805. This was then passed down to his son, Major Quintus Vivian, whose cousin was the Reverend Charles Paisley Vivian, the rector of All Hallows Church. In short, the Vivian family ran Wellingborough. It was only fitting that a family of such power would reside in a home equally as imposing. The home of the Vivian family was Hatton Hall. Situated on broad green, Hatton Hall stood tall in the late 18th century, with large imposing windows and gothic-styled pointed roofs. It practically loomed over the town. It wasn't the most homely building ever built. It was named after Sir Christopher Hatton a Tudor politician from Holdenby in Northamptonshire. As a namesake, he was perhaps not the most inspiring figurehead to choose, having had a supposed affair with Queen Elizabeth and been a leading player in the downfall and execution of Mary, Queen of Scots. However, if the future of the hall was anything to take into account, naming the hall after Sir Christopher Hatton was apt. Though, starting out as a residence of the Vivian family, the hall did not always remain as such. The hall took on many phases within its long life. It was also a home to a vicar, a girls' school, a private home for yet another family, the sleeping accommodation for Wellingborough Public School. But arguably, most importantly, it was the site for Hatton Home for Boys. Hatton Home for Boys was not just a boys' school. It was a home for boys who had nowhere else to go. It had been a boys' school for 30 years, from 1914 to 1944. It was established by the Waifs and Stray Society. The school taught the boys in sports, scouting, and they held charity events for themselves and other less fortunate people in Wellingborough. It could take on, at most, 40 boys, aged 8 to 15, but there was always a Vivian at the Hatton Hall. And whilst Hatton Hall was the home for the boys, the two youngest members of the Vivian family lived there. They were brothers, and as Vivians, they ruled the school. Though it had been handed to the society years before, they still believed the house belonged to them, and they acted as such. They were the most popular boys at the school. They excelled at sports, football, archery, and especially being members of an ancient aristocracy. They had the ability to charm both teachers and students alike. Given their lineage, they were also given certain leniencies, and they were allowed to treat the hall as their own personal playground an advantage they accepted on many occasions. Though the boys were popular, they did always bring trouble along with them, but that only added to their charm. 
the only time their troublemaking tendencies harmed anyone, it harmed themselves in a way neither boy could have suspected. It was late at night, far past the time where all the boys should have been in bed. Even their guardians were already asleep, but those kinds of rules didn't apply to the Vivian boys. The other boys were just used to drowning out their noise as they spent the nights partying, generally causing mischief. They searched for adventure that night, kicking a ball about the halls and using the doors of the dorms as target practice. But soon, that bored the boys. They wanted something a little more dangerous, something that would definitely get the two of them in trouble. They came upon a door they had not seen before. They had never searched that far into the house. The door was locked, but old and it didn't take much force for it to give to their whim. The two boys eagerly ran up a set of stairs and found themselves within an attic. Dusty and covered in white sheets, it had a ghostly appearance, but the boys made themselves at home, searching within the relics of the house's past lives. They searched through the trunks, full of clothes of many generations past. They admired the paintings of their ancestors, but particularly the rapiers and pistols that had been tucked away. They were certain the school didn't know about these, otherwise the room would have been completely locked away. The boys couldn't believe their luck when they picked up the rapiers. They were 11 year old boys after all. They had dreamed of being pirates, knights after's round table, and this was finally their chance to show off the skills they were sure they had. They picked up the swords and clashed them together, giggling wildly. They danced and dashed through the antiques, chortling as the blades tore straight through a painting, but as any parent who has left their children alone for more than five minutes can tell you, it didn't take long before disaster struck. It is not clear what happened. Perhaps one of the boys tripped, or maybe he looked away at the wrong second. Either way, the blade of the eldest boy pierced his younger brother's abdomen, skewering him. Luckily for the youngest boy, his death was swift, but the elder brother was left with an almighty dilemma. He had just killed his younger brother. He was unsure what to do. If the teachers found him, they would certainly contact his parents and then there would be a second death. They could not find his younger brother in such a state and if they did, he definitely could not be there when they did. So the young boy did the only thing he could think to do. He grabbed one of the trunks, cleared it of all the junk inside before stuffing his brother into it. He slammed the trunk shut and ran away. Hatton Hall woke up to the problem of two missing Vivian boys, though the Guardians knew that they would be in a huge amount of trouble if the Vivian family ever found out that they had lost track of the two boys. They were almost certain that they had gotten lost somewhere among the house and just curled up in a corner for the night. It would have not been the first time they had done that. But the longer they searched, the more they were sure that something bad had happened to the boys. The other occupants of the home for boys were taken out of lessons in order to search for the boys but to no avail. A servant, completely unaware of the search taking on around him, found a broken door within his usual rounds of spring cleaning. He found the blood trail upon the floor of the attic, and after around five minutes of searching, he came upon the right trunk. Though the eldest Vivian boy excelled in many things, being on the run was not one of those things, and he was soon brought back to the hall where he was forced to explain what had happened. The house was sold again in 1944, The boys were relocated to other homes and the building became a training centre. The boys certainly lived up to their family's motto. They certainly lived life to the fullest and they were just as energetic in death. Inhabitants of Hatton Hall in its next three generations could hear 
On some nights, a frantic clash of swords and thumping of feet. It is as if a violent confrontation was taking place in the upper reaches of Hatton Hall, but no matter how many times people would look within the crevices of that fateful attic, they would never find a soul within. If any building in Wellingborough could take on the name of a conniving, cruel Tudor politician, it is Hatton Hall, with its long, winding history and the tragic downfall of the Vivian family. It seems as if the building was destined for tragedy. Each night, the youngest Vivian child fights his last battle and loses, a confrontation the owners of Hatton Hall are forced to listen to as his violent death is never ending. It seems that the poor boy is forced to relive his death every night for eternity, but, like I said, there has always been a Vivian at Hatton Hall, and it seems there always will be. So, I I knew of Hatton Hall, but I had no idea mm. of its history. I was doing some research on it uh, yesterday. Um, I didn't realise, like, how closely linked to the actual monarchy it was. Oh, yeah. It was, like... The half reason why they called it Hatton Hall was because it was given to Sir Christopher yeah. by Elizabeth I. So yeah, so that gives a sense of how old it is. So it's kind of only natural that something is going to be there considering it's that old. I know, I know you went through it in the story, but tell me a little bit about like the history building, like how it like went from a house to whatever it is. So yeah, so the, it wasn't actually the house that was given to Sir Christopher Hatton. It was just the land. Mm-hmm. And then they built the house on that for the Vivian family which was like one of the major families in Wellingborough and then it kind of passed hands a lot at one point it belonged to the grandparents of Rex Harrison who was a really big name in like Hollywood he was in um My Fair Lady oh wow okay yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah so it passed hands quite a few times but got bought by a charity they created a home for boys yeah. so they could um it was those kind of less fortunate, so okay. wasn't necessarily the nicest place. I've had very, very mixed reviews. Some people who have relatives that lived there said mm-hmm. it, it was lovely. They really took care of them. Others not so much, but at this point, you gotta realise it was in the like nineteen forties. So it, it, it is gonna be from, different. Am I right in saying it went from being a a boys' home mm-hmm. to? I guess like a reception centre where yeah. kids would wait for foster parents, right? Yeah. So always kind of had that sort of child-centred focus. Personally, it was only until I was researching this and writing the story, I realised that I had my own experience. Yeah, when I was yeah, um, yeah. six or seven, I was in the car with my family driving past Board Green. And there were currently some traffic lights outside the Han Hall. So I was there and I was being a kid staring outside and I saw in the top window what I now assume is the attic a young boy dressed up I thought dressed up in like really old-fashioned clothing but he looked I remember thinking he looked really sad okay and he was banging on the window and he was just sort of staring at me and I was like mum there's a kid in that window he doesn't look very happy and whilst I was looking at it my mum looked and couldn't see it I just remembered when I was writing this and sort of doing the research for the story and what, and more specifically the ghosts that are actually meant to be there. Yeah. That really freaked me out because yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time 
I didn't question it and then I immediately forgot about it because there's a boy in a house. So that's not a big deal. But it was only until I thought back about it that the why was he wearing old clothing? Like, why were you looking so sad? Why was he in the attic, mm-hmm. for one thing? It's, I think and why it, couldn't my mum see him? I think what does justice for this story for me is that you had that experience prior to all of this research. Yeah, I had no clue yeah. that this happened until... Obviously, I was six years old and I didn't think about it twice. There was no way I would have known about this story. And I know that none of my family did. So it's not that I've heard them from somewhere else. But it was only until I researched it, sort of realised, sort of like situated in my head exactly where it is Mm -hmm. that I remembered this happening. Yeah. And it was an experience. It was genuinely quite weird for me. Yeah. What is it now? What is it functioning as now? I think it's apartments at the moment. Okay. And do you know if there's any like regular recurrences or anything there? Or? I haven't heard anything recently, no. But I think it's been under some renovations. So what is still original? I have no yeah. idea. That's the thing. You, you find that renovations are weird, especially because they either trigger things mm-hmm. or suppress things. It's almost yeah. like building a wall against the past or the past gets so disturbed that it sort of comes back to bite you. Even like going back to the hind and other stuff, there's a lot of similarities in that, if if that makes sense. I just think it's weird that mm-hmm. there's those similarities across the board. Yeah, it, may, it really does make you question sort of like how much influence we should have over like old buildings, mm-hmm. such like that. We don't know what you're sort of yeah. disturbing. For me, the idea of this podcast isn't to convince anyone. It's just a fun ghost story. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with having the conversation of it's weird that stuff is alike like that i think if we can agree on anything in this podcast is that it's kind of weird yeah these stories are kind of weird it's interesting though to be fair i didn't know hatton hall existed until i i heard about this story yeah and I, I feel like the backgrounds for a lot of these buildings are the typical settings for a written ghost story yeah if you've seen any horror movies mm-hmm. you you these stories will be familiar to yeah. you so I, I remember i went on a residential trip and that was a boys school at one oh, yeah. point and i don't want to name the building my teacher told me later on they had to specifically have a meeting with the teachers and say okay these are the things that happen here whether you believe it or not okay these are the things that happen here we want to make you aware yeah we can't tell the kids but this is the history of the building it's mm-hmm. like some sort of i guess justification as to why these things happen yeah um and I know at that building, when I was there, I know I had some creepy experiences there. It's just, it's interesting how even in the sort of realm that we don't understand, there seems to be these laws mm-hmm. that fix their way into some semblance of reality. Yeah. It's strange. Because to, to a degree, I think we do sometimes, especially if you believe in that sort of thing, you do sometimes force that belief onto something when actually it's got a perfectly logical explanation i think a lot of the time there is perfectly logical explanation but sort of bring it back to the hatton hall with my own experience there isn't one Mm -hmm. like i only learn about the actual ghost story Mm -hmm. this year yeah and i had that experience when i was that young so i'm not sure if it has me convinced but it has me confused healthy skeptic yeah 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 this is getting existential but i'm gonna say anyway. <laughs> i think that there's a big human ego when it comes to we can explain everything 
I don't necessarily think that's true because... I don't think we should either. The extentus of science is only the extentus of whatever human brain came up with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think it's quite arrogant of humans to assume that we can understand everything, let alone have the capabilities to yeah. understand everything. I just don't think it's not going to happen. No. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wellingborough a ghost story podcast brought to you by Warts on Theatre. This podcast is created in partnership with Made With Many, supported using funding by Arts Council England. This episode was written by Kirsten Harris. Be sure to share with us your thoughts and any Wellingborough-based rights you've had yourself on social media. You can find us at Wartsnall Co or at our website at wartsnalltheatre.co.uk. And with that, we've been your hosts, Kirsten Ross. Stay spooky, Wellingborough.